Welcome to the Politics of Everything. I'm Amber Danes, your host and podcast producer. This is a half hour of power, a podcast dropping every week where I unpack the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment, quality, and much, much more. Our guests are seasoned in the field or topic of their choice, even if you've not heard of them yet. This is a non-partisan show. So while I love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate of ideas, this is not a purely blue, white, green program. Please subscribe, tune in and enjoy the politics of everything. Life-changing innovators and true entrepreneurs are rare in my experience. Today's guest is an exception. Meet Christy Chong, the CEO and founder of Modi Body and Modi Body Red, a revolutionary women's high-tech apparel brand that empowers women of all ages, shapes and sizes to live a better life. There's even a men's underwear line now too. Christy's a mum of four on a mission. She's a fash tech entrepreneur and a social advocate for women's health issues and rights. In 2019, Modi Body was announced both Telstra Australian Medium and Making Waves Award winner and Telstra People's Choice Award winner. Fash tech is a world that's fascinating and part of our society, and so I'm so keen to see what Christy has to say on this topic. She's had an illustrious career in PR, in Big End of Town, and done a million other things prior to starting this business. But really and truly what I'm hearing is that fash tech is the future, and so I'm very happy to welcome her to this podcast. Welcome, Christy. Thanks, Amber. Thanks for having me. So when you were growing up, did you imagine that you would be in this world or did you you have business dreams or did you go to high school and think, oh, I'm going to grow up and be a ballerina? And what, What did you think you wanted to do as a kid? Well, I certainly didn't think I'd be leading a sustainable health apparel brand. No, I didn't. But interestingly, when I look back at, you know, some of those little capsules where you'd saved information, one of them was to be a fashion designer. So, Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, yeah, so I I never actually ended up going down that path. I ended up studying a Bachelor of Arts and doing a triple major in government relations, history and performance studies, very weirdly. And then when I realised that wasn't going to get me a job, I went on and studied media at, at UCED as well. So, yeah, didn't didn't think I'd end up here, but I'm glad I have sort of, you know, lived this journey that has brought me to Modi Body. Absolutely. So you did have 13 years in senior management and public relations roles for multinationals such as McDonald's and Edelman PR. What did that really teach you about branding, I guess, and that business of, of positioning and PR even before you started your own? own label? Oh, look, I am really grateful for my background in PR, PR being within the agency side and then moving into more of a corporate comms role in multinationals. I mean, definitely that sort of agency side, it not only taught me about, you know, how important it is for a brand to have a unique selling proposition, you know, understanding and knowing your customer base, but it taught me a lot about time management, cost-effective budgeting, you know, and also how to access my creative side. That's really important in that in that agency space. So, and then I think it also taught me about rejection because I'm, we all know what it's like to pitch a great story into the media and get rejected hundreds oh, of Oh, yes. So so. You and I do know that <laughs> feeling well. You've got to have a thick skin. I've decided to be in this game. Yeah. You really, really do. So I think that was a, it's a great base for anyone. And I also think agency is really good as well for learning those skills. But the corporate career for me gave me a little bit more in terms of 
understanding how a big multinational works in terms of those um, interdepartmental goings on and then also more about you know strategic writing plans and strategic thinking but for me also I think a couple of big things that came out was I did a lot of personal development that's what you get to do in big corporates so I learned about what my strengths were as well and then I suppose what I wanted to do um, and where I should focus my energies in life. Um, and lastly, I, I not only did the PR, but I headed up a lot of the corporate social responsibility for those businesses. So it sort of was something I felt very passionate about. And therefore, when I sort of started Modibody, Body, it, it felt really, I felt really connected to doing more to have social impact, not just to grow a financially profitable business as well. Absolutely. All those all those elements have come together. Fast forwarding to 2011, which um, is 10 years ago now, I can't believe that, no, when no. the concept of launching your business was ignited and obviously it was based on personal experience, having it something that would revolutionise the way girls and young women think about underwear and apparel and I guess those so-called taboo topics of light bladder leakage and obviously menstruation. You went through a bit of a process, though. It wasn't easy to, I imagine, get, if you don't have the background in sort of textiles, how did you really, you know, make this happen? I mean, you can have an idea and try and solve a problem, but not everyone's very successful at it. What was your process to, to get that first Modi Body collection up and rolling? I, I think that the, the success to get the product into the market came from just my own desire to have this product available to people and to myself. So that is what sort of drove me. It was this, you know, underlying passion and desire to give myself something not only more sustainable, but something that was more convenient, more stylish, and it gave me better protection for my periods and the light incontinence that I'd started to suffer from as a mum of two. And in terms of how I've got there in the process, it's just been a journey of problem solving, one after the other, and, you know, putting in a project plan with timelines and budgets and then holding myself and then later as my as my business grew, the team accountable to achieve those goals. Even today, we have a very detailed metrics-driven business plan. So 360 metrics across the business that I'm aware of every single one of them. So, you know, that's where I think that metrics and that accountability is really important. And I just also want to say it's taken a lot of hours. I don't want to lie and, you know, to, to, the, to the listeners. <laughs> you are a hard worker. So I, just so that all, all the audience realises, Christy and I know each other from our from our mum life as well. Our children went to, to primary school together and I know how hard you work and it's, yeah, it, it, people see the success and the, and the gongs and the accolades, but, of course, there's many, many years and hours beforehand uh, of, you know, I guess fails and learnings and, and getting to that point where you, you've got market mass and, and you can actually make a profit. I'm renowned and you know for working terrible hours during the middle of the night. So but you know having said that I was able and you know that as well Amber I was able to have flexibility in my life so I was able to be there for my children because I was starting a business and therefore I could you know I jump on at night or actually get up in the middle of the night and work a couple of hours. Who needs so, sleep? You know, yeah, <laughs> who needs sleep exactly? Well, you, it does catch up with you but it, it does. Know, I, but what I have learned is that you know I was still able to be there for my children which is great. Which As you grew the business. business. Absolutely. And I always say that if you if you can't have that flexibility in your own business, then you probably, it's, what's the point? You know, you've got to yes. be able to have swings and roundabouts and, and obviously that requires, um, you have to work at crazy hours, but you get to be there at pickup and you get to be there when it matters. Yes, exactly. So the term fash tech is not something everyone's familiar with. And I must admit, until sort of I thought about your brand and a few others in the market, it's quite new to me. But I sort of see it as that use of technology and digitization to disrupt that traditional fashion or retail industry. But it also impacts our daily lives. I mean, what 
sort of problem does fashion tech solve and, and what have you seen in the industry that's kind of kept you going or inspired you to be in that space? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good explanation that you've given because it really is about new technology enhancing the customer experience in the fashion area. I mean, for me, I just want to sort of clarify that I see us and Modibody in particular as part fash tech merged with femtech. So in terms of... Fashion, oh, I like that. That's yeah. cool. I love all these tech terms. They're always, they're always evolving. <laughs> and I suppose that the reason I say that in terms of fash tech, we fall under what you'd call smart fabrics or textile innovation. But then we use those smart fabrics to create a more sustainable and empowering solution for people that we manage, you know, leaks like periods, perspiration, breast milk and continence. And so in that sense by the management of those sorts of issues, we're actually also femtech because femtech's about using tech to empower women's health. And that's why, you know, at Modi Body, we actually coined the term sustainable health apparel or high-tech health apparel because we we are sort of merged in the middle of it. But there's some really amazing things happening in the fashion tech space, which I'm really excited to say are all about. Some of them can drive better sustainable outcomes, you know, whether that's using drains, drones sorry, for distribution, whether that's actually made to order so you can actually reduce overstocks in the fashion industry so you can make the garments to order. There's lots of exciting developments that are happening. And I guess for you, Moneybody's obviously evolved over the years. And like you mentioned, you started off, I guess, with an initial range and you're now in swimwear, you've got a men's range, you've got a range for younger women as well who might be just starting their menstruation you know, you've really expanded this. So where's the business at today? How would you describe Modi Body? It's obviously not a startup anymore. No, we're not a startup anymore, thankfully. But uh, yeah, it's look, I mean, Modi Body's expansion has been driven by a D2C or direct-to-consumer model. We used micro-influencers uh, and mainly digital media to generate that acquisition and growth. And we still are predominantly actually a direct-to-consumer business, but we've expanded into some resellers like Big W, Big w along the way. So we are now a mid-sized revenue business, which is exciting. We've got over 700,000 global customers, 40% of our sales are global, three warehouses globally, and we're about to open up another one as well. And we've got about 28 staff. So yeah, we're a mid-sized business, but still running similarly to the same type of channel model and strategy that we had at the very beginning. Excellent. So obviously your role in Monibody has changed. You're obviously still the founder, but you know, you've had some external investors, which um, is publicly known as well. How has that changed the business and how might you change it again in the next few years? Because I always think with any practice or any business, you've really got to keep evolving and keep, keep moving. If you stand still too long, you know, it may not work anymore. So what do you see on the horizon? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. So when we bought on the external investors, like all you know, all founders, you get a little bit nervous, but it's actually been a really good experience for us because it's allowed us to scale operations globally and build out a very poorly resourced team at the time. So that's been great. And then those investors also form a board as well, and they act as a, a sounding board for me as well to discuss strategies with. So I don't feel so alone on that journey. But in terms of that global expansion, you know, we're looking at moving most of our sales overseas. So in the next few years, you'll see that 40% I spoke about before turning into 60% being from overseas markets. We're expanding our ranges. As you mentioned, the menswear range, you know, we've expanded the teenswear range, but you'll see a lot of other category expansion this year because really at Modibody, we have this whole vision that's a commitment to limitless positive impact. So we want to be leaders in the impact and sustainability space. We want to continue to maintain like the brand love through opening all these conversations that we've been doing around taboo topics, 
And and also we want to be seen as the, the best product in the market. And I think the way you do that is by providing customers with not just quality and comfort and style, but scientifically proven product, which, you know, at Modibody we do. So, yeah, lots and lots of growth over the next few years. Because, of course, a couple of competitors, which always happens, I suppose, have come into the marketplace, but you still want to position yourself as the best. Do you think there's enough of the pie for every brand or how do you see that kind of disrupting your model? Uh, yeah, look, I actually think that, that there's still, you know, our number one competitor is the disposable market. So we're not, you know, we're not afraid of those those brands. We sort of welcome any reusables. What we dislike about it is that, you know, they're not necessarily getting the scientific proof. So we've got patents behind our products, which shows they've been scientifically proven. You know, we don't want customers to have a bad experience using another product because they haven't done all that research and they're sort of jumping on a trend. And and I think that's the other thing about Modibody. We are committed to being the most sustainable brand in the market. So it's not a trend. It is actually part of our DNA. And we're also committed, as I mentioned before, to the whole social impact. And this year, we've actually decided to give away 100,000 pairs to 20,000 people in need. So, you know, that is going to grow. Oh, that's fantastic. Is that, is that a global initiative? How are you, how are you actually going to manage that? Yeah, so we've actually brought on someone to help us manage this part of our business. And so we're looking to partner with, you know, one of the big the big group, so a, a UN or a plan, we've been doing a pilot trial with in Indonesia. So that's who we will roll that out with, as well as continue with our localised donations, which we do with AusAid and groups in, you know, Aboriginal communities as well in NT. So that will always continue. This is just more of one, a bigger initiative that we want to make one big commitment to and we'll have measurable impact. So we'll get report back, reports back that demonstrate how having access to a sustainable product has allowed that person to be able to go back to school or continue to work. Fantastic. And how do you identify those ECG kind of partners? And and obviously um, there's a big women focus, but do you have a way in which you analyse that as a business before you sort of just sort of jump on board and try and try and do a good thing? Absolutely. They uh, were looking for partners who have the resources. So they have usually like the programs in place where they're on the ground and that they are committed, as I mentioned before, to not just, you know, handing out product, but to the education piece of our product and also to following through to see what benefit that had to that person's life. So um, that is super important as well. But we still do, um, having said that, we still do partner with, you know, those who come to us, smaller charities who maybe can't act on that level and just give out small donations because, you know, we, we support all, everyone trying to do good. So. Absolutely. Well, that's a good ethos to have. Getting a little bit more personal into, into you, Christy, if you could just choose one song, book or show, and I don't know if you've had any time to, to read in the past few years. I do know you have or still have a two-year-old at home as well as older children, but assuming that there's something in, in your past that you perhaps could, could resonate with and share, what sort of, what is it and, and why do you like it so much? I mean, I know there's certain books and songs that, you know, I hear and I go, oh, that's amazing. That reminds me of my childhood or that reminds me of a time that I had great success at work. You know, is there anything that particularly stands out for you and what is it and why? Yeah, there's two things. I would, so a book would be Shoe Dog because it's about the Nike founder's journey, which I can absolutely relate to. And I think oh, it's a fantastic, fantastic book. Absolutely. Every entrepreneur should Every read that no matter what category you're in. It's it yeah. brilliant. And then from song perspective, I have to say, for me, it's anything Michael Jackson, a little bit controversial, but, but my most favourite song, and I think it, it resonates with the Modi Body brand anyway, is around Heal the World by Michael Jackson because, you know, make it a better place for you and for me and the entire human race, and I think that's what we're trying to do. So, 
Fantastic. Excellent. Mentors are really important for lots of people and mentors play different roles to coaches or advisors in any business. Do you have one or two that you would like to celebrate here and what have they taught you about success and life? I actually do. Um, So my mum has been a wonderful mentor. She had four kids, her first at 16 years of age. She was adopted, lost both of her adoptive parents by the age of 23. You know, she grew up very, very much encouraging us children to try everything. We participated in, you know, sport, music, drama, whatever. She was always behind us. And yet she was also working. She was participating in local theatre herself, singing at weddings, you know, going to the gym. So what she taught me was the ability that we have to juggle many responsibilities. And, you know, I think that was a great role model. Uh, My husband, he's also a special person in my life. He only ever wants for me to be happy and has really been integral in the success of Modibody through the support he's provided. You know, he stepped up at home when when things got busier for me. And, you know, I mean... Start a startup, let alone having two children along that journey to make four, puts a lot of strain on a marriage. Um, but you know, we've got very similar values and ambition, and so you know, the great thing about him is he's got great perspective, and we balance each other. So he's definitely been a, a great mentor. But then, from a business perspective, there's there's been two people: someone called Bill Trestrail and Diana Diambra. Um, just super smart, generous, but very humble people who've um, been a wealth of knowledge in that in that business perspective. And they opened some doors for me to some some great people that have helped in the success of Modibody. So yeah, I feel very um, thankful for those people. That's a great pit crew. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. And as a final takeaway, what would be what would be your final insight into the politics of Fashtech? Yes, I would say that technological developments in the fashion industry are super important but they shouldn't be just to enhance the consumer experience. They really need to have a positive impact on our planet. So like I mentioned before, 3D printing, smart fabrics that replace petroleum-based fabrics, reusing like through dress companies like Glam Corner and The Vault, they're all smart, you know, technological developments in the fashion industry that are also sustainable. So let's see more of that. Absolutely. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the politics of everything. If you do want to connect with Christy Chong, I will put details of her LinkedIn connection and her business on my show notes. You have been listening to the politics of everything. Until next time, keep well. Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the politics of everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. I'm always on the hunt for new and diverse guests. So if you or someone you know has a fresh idea you're busting to get out there, please email me at amber at amberdanes.com and my crew will get back to you very soon.